Welcome into the Puttcraft Podcast. My name is Reed Nelson. Just back from day three of the golf show. Just waiting for Super Bowl 58 to kick off between the not Miami Dolphins and some other team from the NFC. And I wanted to do a quick recap of the golf show because many of you have asked throughout the weekend. Many of you have wished us luck and I appreciate that very, very much. These are the four or five things that I learned, the biggest things that I learned this weekend. Um, and I have four right now, but I think it's going to expand to five as we as I continue to talk here. First off, Mark Giannini. Daniel Radke, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mark Janini was with me all day Friday. We talked a lot about bowling. I did not know as much. I did not know that much about bowling, and now I feel like I know a lot more about bowling. 13 300s for Mark Janini and an ace. Do you know that? Do you know Mark Janini has had a, a, a hole in one? kind of cool. Uh, so thank you, Mark. And then Daniel Radke on Saturday. Dan and I go way, 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 way back. So uh, I can't tell you about the conversations we had, but we had a really good time. And it was Saturday was the busiest day. I think you could take Sunday's crowd, combine it with Friday's crowd and increase it by another 50 percent. And you might hit Saturday's crowd. Saturday from 11 to 1, it was packed, really, really packed. There was probably a line of 50 people in front of the $100,000 pontoon putt uh, throughout that entire span of time. Uh, The person did not sink the putt. I will go through the entire pontoon putt, including how uh, if Puttcraft were involved next year, maybe think about it. Uh, It would be significantly, well, it would be different. It would be different. And that's going to be the fifth item. We'll make that the fun fifth item. Um, But so thank you, Dan Radke. Daniel Radke, thank you, Mark Giannini. It was really, really, really great to have you guys down there Uh, in Puttcraft gear as well, which, you know, they did on their own volition. (laughs) I got to Google that word. I think, I think I'm using that word correctly. On their own volition. The faculty or power of using one's will. Yep, on their own volition. Wow. Whew, vocabulary lesson. So um, I'm going to be very transparent with you. That's why you come here and uh, why not, right? It's more fun that way. First question, was it worth it? And the answer to that question is yes, it was worth it. It's not a complete and total no-brainer, but it was worth it all in all. I invested quite a bit of money in this weekend when you consider the show uh, cost and then the cost to deck out the booth and the time as well. It was all day Friday, it was all day Saturday, and it was part of the day Sunday. But the amount of people that I spoke with um, made made it really, I believe it's going to be worth it. Now, I'll start with this. I was going to end with this, but I'll start with this. I think the most common question most of you are wanting to know is how many people read? How many people do you think are going to come to Golf Zone or Grand Slam or the next Golf Zone from the golf show? And, you know, I like to put over-unders on things. I've been thinking about this. What would be the over-under? What would be the over-under? Here's the thing. I have no clue. It could be zero. It could be 30. I honestly have absolutely no idea. Okay. Which gets me to point number one of the five lessons that I learned at this weekend's Minnesota golf show. Nobody knows about competitive mini golf. And let me be a little bit more specific. A majority that is 50% plus one of people have no idea that competitive mini golf exists. 
I just spoke to, I don't know, 400 people about it. And I can tell you right now that over 200 of them had no clue that this was a thing. Now, is that an opportunity? I see it as an opportunity. Okay. Um, it does it, you know, give us a little headwind, if you will, not tailwind, but headwind because people don't even know this is out there. People don't know to look for it. Kind of, kind of, but that's okay. I see it as an opportunity um, more than anything else. And here's the thing. I know some of you are going to disagree with me on this. That's fine. Um, I, like I said, I just spoke with 400, 500 Minnesota golfers and over half of them had no idea we existed. Now, let me give you the range of responses I got because here's how trade shows work. Here's how this trade show worked. I was right in front of the pontoon putt and right around the corner. Uh, so people would swing around the corner and there was a financial advisor to my left. Very nice guy, Jason. There was golf courses all to my right. There was golf courses down by Hastings in Wisconsin. And people would walk by and they would glance at the booth and keep going. And I was just kind of noticing this, like, okay, do they even know what they just saw? And th this was on Friday, and Mark can kind of attest to this as well, because he was with me all day Friday. And, you know, what I started doing is if I would stand up, I tried to stand up as much as I could. If anybody ever made eye contact or if I could get somebody's attention, I would say we are a competitive miniature golf experience or a competitive miniature golf tournament. And right then and there, they would be like, whoa. Wow. Okay. Interesting. You know, and I'd get one of three reactions. A majority of them were neutral curiosity. Okay. I would say 80% was neutral curiosity. Like, Oh, interesting. Where do you do that? How long have you been doing that? Hmm. I didn't know this existed. Interesting. Okay. How much does it cost? Um, who's the best player? Oh, there's Eric Casillas. I know Eric Casillas. We actually ran into somebody who knew Eric Casillas. Some Mike Pendleton fans as well. Um, so I'd say 80% of the people were 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 um, neutral and curious. I would say maybe, actually, you know what? That's probably higher than 80%. It's probably closer to 90%. People were kind and curious, but ultimately not super duper into it, if you will. There was probably... 25 to 30 people throughout the weekend who were really excited. Whoa, awesome. I love mini golf. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. This is right. Um, wait, you do what? And what? How? How have I never heard of this? Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh, when's the next event? Right? You, you get that. And you know, I had a lot of fun talking to those people because they had great questions and we'd go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And at the end, it's like they were like, I just don't believe this is real. What do you mean? This is real. I probably had 30 of those conversations throughout the weekend with all sorts of different people. OK, you know, there's you can't picture this person. They look everybody was different. It was a wide range of everything. And then. There were people, not many, but some, who quite literally laughed in my face. Now, there's two kinds of laughing in your face. I'm 39 years old. I don't know if I've ever had anybody laugh in my face before until this weekend. It's not something I've ever had to really consider. There was the, so there's two kinds. There was the, ha, <laughs> Oh man, tell me more. You know, that's, that's something. Oh, that's something. Hey honey, come here. 
these guys do miniature golf tournaments, right? And some of them were kind and a little, some of them were uh, almost in like a making fun mode type of thing. And then there were people who were like, <laughs> as they walked away down the aisle. And that was, that was bizarre. That was very strange. Like I said, I don't think I've had that experience before of having somebody laugh in my face and walk away at the same time. Um, that probably happened four or five times throughout the weekend. Um, and yeah, it was, it was interesting, but it was really, really fun to talk puttcraft with people. So thing number one that I learned, nobody knows about competitive mini golf and by nobody, I mean a majority 50% plus one of people do not know about competitive mini golf. And that is an opportunity for us. Thing number two, I had a lot of conversations with people about opportunities outside of tournaments, a lot of nonprofits, a lot of corporations. And I knew, I always knew that Puttcraft would be good for a corporate type retreat, like a private Puttcraft event. But I talked to a few people this weekend that were, you know, oh my gosh, this would be perfect. We would love this from large corporations. We're always looking for this type of thing to do, and this would be perfect and right up our alley. So that's an opportunity down the road for Puttcraft. Again, those would be private events. Um, but that's another way for us to get the word out about uh, the experience. Okay, number three. And I came to this conclusion from talking to one person and really doing research on this one person. This was probably the best, um, uh, how do I put it? What's the word I want to use? The best partnership potential that I met. I met a person, I'm not going to name the business or the person, um, who, you know, he didn't say this specifically to me, but doing a deep dive on his website and on the stuff that he does, I came to the conclusion immediately that I'm not leveraging Facebook nearly enough and that a lot of our potential players are on Facebook. Now we're going to continue down the Instagram road. Instagram has been good to us, but our Facebook page is going to get a massive facelift and we are going to be posting every single reel that goes on Instagram. I'm going to try to get it over to Facebook. That is going to be a place where, where hopefully we will be able to gather um, a, a large new audience there. Okay. Thing number four, let's talk about the pontoon putt. So the pontoon putt here, benefited the organization, I believe it's called First Tee Minnesota. And you know what? Instead of guessing, I'm going to go to their website. First Tee is a youth development organization introducing the game of golf and its inherent val and its inherent values to young people. And it's making a difference. There was probably, this is an estimate, 2,000 plus people who uh, attempted to hit three golf balls into a cup 80 feet down the way and up a up a hill. Of those 2,000, 6,000 shots, if you will, there was about 30 or so people who advanced to, to Sunday. So you have to make a shot on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday morning to advance to Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon, those 40 will then 
putt from 40 feet. They'll go in, they'll putt from 40 feet, and anybody who makes it advances to the next round. And then to the next round, to the next round, and so on and so forth. Only one of the 40 made it, meaning that only one person advanced to the final. The 120-foot pontoon putt, $87,000 pontoon, $13,000 in cash prizes, and uh, he he missed it pretty badly um, because it was a really long drive and he wasn't able to practice it beforehand, or excuse me, a really long putt and he wasn't able to practice it beforehand, etc., 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 now, a couple of things. First thing I notice is that somebody who I spoke to somebody because I tried to grab anybody who made that initial putt and I was doing a good job on Friday. On Saturday, it got a little bit more difficult. But on Friday, I grabbed one of the guys and I talked to him a little bit about it and, you know, told, told him about Puttcraft and stuff. Well, I'm from three hours away from here. And I'm like, are you going to come back on Sunday? He's Friday now. He's got to come back on Sunday. He's like, yeah, I think so. So he did come back today and I did see him and, but you know what I didn't see him do? (laughs) I didn't see him putt. So he came back today and he, um, had a ringer putt for him. I'm 99% sure the ringer is not the person who advanced. I I am 99% sure, but I know for a fact that the gentleman who made the putt on Friday morning, I talked to him was from three hours away did not putt today. Somebody else putted for him. Why would he have come down three hours? Um, if not, that's because I don't know who putted for him. I have no idea, but I know that somebody putted for him. So that's the first thing. And, you know, for those of you who know anything about these contests, they're all insured. And they, the insurance company, if you end up making it, is going to find anything and everything to make sure that you that they don't have to pay out. And here's the thing. I'd be willing to bet money that they would have done everything in their power to discredit the whole contest if they knew that. Okay? I'm not saying that that the 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 other person that 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 his ringer made the shot. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they would have discredited the whole thing. You've seen the fine print on this stuff, okay? So there's that. Number 1. Number 2. Oh my gosh, this drove me nuts. Oh gosh. 30 putters doing their uh, 40 foot putt, if you will. About five putters in. (laughs) Okay, we're five putters in now. The guy who's running it, who I hadn't seen all weekend, who was in charge, he goes, just so you know, (laughs) if the ball rolls back into the cup, it doesn't count. Okay, now you had to put up a hill. So you'd, you'd put it flat, 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 then up a hill and into the cup. And there was about a foot or so behind the cup of hill. There were putts throughout the weekend where that the ball entered through the back of the cup. What What is this new rule right now that you can't roll it in from the back? What do you mean you can't roll it in from the back? What if you What if you lip it around and it lips up and comes back down? Does that not count? Right? I mean, come on. Are we serious right now? What if you hit the cup and it lands on the top edge of the cup, holds there for a second, and falls back in? Does that not count? And there's a pontoon on the line. Dudes drove from three hours away. Be more clear about the rules. You know, people had to pay 
to do this, and I know it benefited a good cause, but my goodness, be more clear about the rules. So I'm going to put this out there next year. Uh, Puttcraft would love to be involved with the pontoon putt, and first he can keep all the money. Right. But I want to put our name next to it. I want to have the rules clearly printed out. I want to make sure there's no ringers. Um, consider us, Golf Show, if you're listening. Consider us. Uh, it, it worked perfect. And we were right in front of there um, of the booth or of, of the tee box. And it worked out really well. OK, actually, it just expanded to six things. My fifth thing, um, our booth was a B. It was a B. It could have been much better. And I, I, Mark and Daniel gave me so many good ideas throughout the weekend of little things that we could do. We should try this, we should try this, try this, try this, try this. Cool, 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 cool. Love it, love it, love it. But there's one idea that stuck out to me. We have so much, we have so much video of aces and great shots. Next year, I want to have either a monitor, a portrait monitor, or a a projector that literally is just a loop of putts over. And it only needs to be like a five or six minute loop, right? Because people are going to be new. People are going to see separate sections of the video. So I think that's the one thing that would have, would have done differently because a lot of the people that just walked by have no, had no idea what we were, no clue. And, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people came and they, they approached, they came right up and they're like, what's this about? Right? They just wanted to know. They're curious. They come to the trade show to get information about different things. A lot of people initially thought we were a putting aid. And I was like, well, we kind of are. <laughs> you know, we we will make you a better, better putter for sure. But it really wasn't until I said what we were that people boom, you know, the light bulb went off and, and, and you could tell right away if they were into it, if they weren't into it. So there was nothing on the booth that said competitive miniature golf, right? A lot of people saw the Matt Rolstead five consecutive aces and they're like, no, no, you know? And I was like, oh, it's, it's miniature golf. It's miniature golf. Okay. Um, I'm going to add a seventh thing right now. This is number six. A lot of people aren't going to like this. Okay. And I'm not going to go deep as the ocean on this. I'm just going to say something very simply. And that's that miniature golf needs a little bit of a rebrand. Because when people think miniature golf, I, I had to explain to several people, several people that I was deep in conversation with, mind you, that we we try to go to courses that are more skill-based and less luck-based. Now, I'm not doing us any favors by having events at, let's say, Moose Mountain, if you will. I get that. But a lot of people are kind of have that Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore came up a lot. Oh, like Happy Gilmore. And it's like, well, no. A lot of people think windmills and that sort of thing. And that hurts us. That hurts Puckcraft. I'm not saying that that hurts your business or anything like that. You know, it's great for kids. Obviously, it's great to get kids into the sport, but it hurts us a little bit. I shouldn't have to get to the 200 second mark of a conversation I'm having with somebody who's really engaged, who then brings up, you know, um, 
you know, a carousel or, a, a, you know, something you know, like the whole to it, Moose Mountain, whatever the heck that is, right? Because that is not what the essence of puttcraft is. The essence of puttcraft is skillful putting. So miniature golf needs, in my competitive miniature golf needs a little bit of a rebrand. Now, that being said, as soon as I said competitive miniature golf, people knew exactly, you know, people, people knew what I was talking about. They didn't know exactly what puttcraft was. They didn't understand what it was that we would do and how we do it, et cetera, et cetera. But they're like, okay, I can latch on to that. I tried, um, competitive putting or competitive putting leagues, competitive putting tournaments with, with some people. I tried that a little bit, but that, that didn't connect with people that didn't connect nearly as much because now they're thinking, Oh, does this take place on a golf course? Right. And that's not what we want to think. In fact, some people were, were very still confused a minute in, you know, which golf courses do you go to? Because they saw St. Croix national on, on the, on the banner. And they're like, Oh, okay. So, so you go to different golf courses. Well, no, just St. Croix national is, is a golf course. The other ones aren't, aren't golf courses. Those are miniature golf courses. Okay. So that was thing six. Again, don't get offended. These are just my thoughts, you know, um, or get offended. I don't it's free country. Um, the last thing I'll say, and I've known this since we started, but I'll say it again. We are three years into this now. We have something. I know we do. I know we have something. There is, I saw the looks in some people's faces this weekend, like, hell yeah, that's cool. I want to do that. And you know, I, I, I could barely scratch the surface with them. You know, it was podcast and, and, and media and stats and, and, and this and that and the other thing. And, and like, oh, that's great. That's great. That's great. But you know, they don't know the community that we've built. You know, I, what I, I tried to say, um, f- competitive, but friendly is, is the word that, that I, or the, the phrase that I kept going back to time and time again, is it's a competitive group. Don't get me wrong. People are there to win, but it's a friendly group as well. So kind of, and I think that, that, that helped a lot of people kind of get the, get an idea of what it was. So I believe we have something here. Um, and I'm going to continue to grind at it and continue to work at it. And you know what, if not a single new person comes to golf zone, so what? I'm not, I'm not going to let that deter me at all. We're going to keep pressing forward. We have something here. I've known that from the beginning. I, some of you tell me that like this, this is something, this is something that can work. I know it is. So, um, that was my 2024 Minnesota golf show experience. Oh, I didn't even mention Joel Brown made an appearance. Um, saw him there. That was fun. It was good to see Joel Brown. Um, and then of course, Mark Janini and Daniel Radke, I'm trying to think if there was any other putt crafters that were there. Oh my gosh. If I forget you, I'm sorry, but no, I believe it was Joel Brown, Mark Janini and Dan Radke. Joel did not know we were going to be there. Also my childhood best friend, who's still my best friend today, his father came. He did not know that I was there. He's like, Reed, what are you doing? So that was kind of a pleasant surprise as well. So, okay. That's all for now. Thank you very much for tuning in. We will chat with you in a couple weeks.